Hey everybody, this is Michael Antonovich bringing you this week's Fox feature on Swap Moto Live. For this one, we called up Jordan Smith, who's on the sidelines right now with a knee injury, you know, got a torn ACL, a couple other things at the Daytona Supercross, got that stuff worked out, and is now on the mend. So with Jordan just chilling, we decided to give him a call and see what's going on. So Jordan, what was uh, what's a Friday like for you right now with no racing and this injury? Right now, we woke up about... Seven o'clock this morning, headed to therapy, got some therapy done, then um, headed straight from therapy in Tallahassee back to NTF and used the gym, did a did a little arm workout and some shoulder rehab stuff, and uh, then ate a little lunch and came back home, and or actually came home and then ate lunch, and now I'm just playing some uh, Monster Energy Supercross the game. <laughs> oh, staying sharp. I like it. Yeah, yeah. staying sharp. Got to got to try to. I'm gonna. I'm racing the uh, the esports race this weekend that uh, Deegan is putting on, so I'm trying to trying to get some pr- extra practice in. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, hey, the one thing about Tallahassee, you know, I was just down there a few weeks ago between Atlanta and Daytona, and with the colleges and all the sports stuff that's there, that's actually a really good place for you guys at MTF to have all that access to good doctors and good therapy places, right? Yeah, it is. It is really good. It's um, yeah, like uh, where I'm going to therapy right now. Um, is I've seen a couple of um, FSU football players in there and stuff. And so, you know, the the therapist um, that I have is, I think, to me, like, because, you know, you, sometimes you go to a therapy place and they're just really, really conservative and, you know, just more about getting you back to, like, living life than they are about getting you back to your sport. But uh, my therapist has been really good about, um, you know, just trying to figure out like what motocross is like and, and trying to get me back to that and, and being pretty aggressive with it. So that's good. That's good. Did you become a Seminoles fan now that you've been in Tallahassee for so long? Uh, no, not really. I honestly, I'm just not a huge, like college, um, football or basketball or anything fan. Like I just, I've never gotten into it. I've been more of like an NFL guy and mm, okay. um, and just never really got into into the college sports that much. Um, but uh, not, I would say I'm actually uh, actually like pull against the Seminoles a little bit. I think because of everyone here pulls for them so hard, I just kind of like go. I, I like to see them lose kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the same way because there's times like the Cardinals or the St. Louis baseball team. And when they yep. get on a hot streak and everybody becomes a fan of them, I'm just like, God, lose one game. So everybody yeah. falls <laughs> off the bandwagon for a bit. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, hey, so with the injury and everything that went on, this was a really quick timeline of everything that happened. You know, the crash, first lap, Daytona Supercross. Uh, what was it? By Thursday, you had it figured out that you were going to get surgery, right? Yeah, pretty. Yeah, I think it was Thursday, yeah. So um, with everything that happened, how immediate did you know that the damage was pretty bad? Did you get to try to ride at MTF and see if you could get through it, or was it so severe that you knew you had to pull the plug now? Yeah, it was um, It was pretty much um, – I pretty much knew that I wasn't going to be able to race that next weekend. Um, like, I wasn't 100% sure, like, that night of Daytona. But, you know, like, you wake up the next day, you kind of see how it's feeling, and then – you know, you give it till Monday and then that's like going to like really tell you like how the next weekend is probably looking. And I woke up and it was still like really swollen, very sore. And I was like, man, like it's probably not looking good. And then, so we get, got the MRI and stuff. And, uh, and like I had, I had injured the same knee, um, back in October. Oh, uh, really? actually, okay. 
Yeah, actually, um, it was my first week on the Kawasaki. Uh, I was out in California, and I was just we had went to State Fair MX, and I was just riding. And then it was at the very end of the day, and I was pretty much like I was done for the day on like everything that like I had planned to do as far as like my riding schedule went. And um, I w- just wanted to go out there. Like, I mean, I had just got, been off the bike for, you know, like four months or something with my wrist injury. And I just wanted to go out there and just like kind of just go play around and just like have some fun, you know. And uh, so I went out and they had just watered the track and I like was just cruising around like I wasn't going fast at all. Like there was a lot of people out there, like a lot of people had just started showing up. And so I was like cruising and I was like, OK, I'm just going to do like some no breaks. That's like a drill that we practice a lot here at mtf and stuff and uh so i was like i'm just gonna do some no breaks and i was actually behind like a, a super mini rider and i was just like using no breaks around the whole track so like i wasn't going fast i was just kind of flowing and a rock fell in the rut in front of me and like i didn't have my finger on the brake or anything and i my front wheel like hit the rock and climbed the rut and i put my leg down and i like was like i my knee hurt really bad right away so I had heard it then I got an MRI on it then and it showed some possible, like it's uh, like the MRI. I don't really know how to read an MRI that well, but it's, it was like some slight like possible damage of the ACL and it was like a grade two tear of my MCL and, and a couple other like strains and stuff. So um, I went to the doctor and they felt my knee and they felt like it was still pretty stable um, that, and they felt like some rehab and stuff would, um, would kind of be good. And, and so I took about a month off with that and which sucked because I'd only been on the bike for three, three or four days. Um, and then had to take another month off. And so, um, then whenever I came back, everything was good. My knee was fine. Like it was sore, you know, but it, it was fine. And, um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if, you know, like that had something to do with like kind of how easily I heard it at Daytona. Um, that's what the doctor kind of thinks is that, you know, maybe I have a partially torn ACL and that, that crash at Daytona was just kind of the straw that broke the camel's back a little bit. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was a bummer. And, and back to your original question, you know, I, I, I definitely knew that it was pretty bad. Um, like pretty soon after Daytona, like Sunday, Monday, I was like, it's really not getting any better. Like you kind of wake up hoping like to hop on your feet and you're like, Oh, okay, this is a lot better, but it it wasn't like that. It stayed very swollen. So I never got to, to ride at all, um, before I get the MRI or anything and then talk to the doctor and stuff. So yeah, I never, I I hadn't rode at all since Daytona. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I had no idea about that, uh, state fair crash. You did a good job keeping that under wraps. Did that pretty much determine that you were going to be an East coast guy all the way then? Um, yeah, I think so for the most part. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it, like I said, I took that month off. I had already been off for like four months. So, and that was, um, I think in the middle of October, maybe towards the end of October. So I think I didn't start riding again until the week before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then, yeah. And, uh, I came back uh, once I got back out to California and I twisted my ankle like second day back out there. So I was like, I, I rode through that one. It wasn't too bad, but it was just like one thing after another. It was like really, really frustrating off season for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so with everything that's going on, you know, this whole COVID-19 situation we find ourselves in, 
you got pretty fortunate that you knew this injury was serious and that you could get it worked on pretty fast, right? Yeah, uh, uh, I actually, if it would have been any later, I wouldn't have got the surgery, I don't think, because um, we actually, uh, I got do- I got surgery with Dr. Greenbaum out in California, and, um, and we got it, like, right away. Like, I think I got, had it scheduled for the next Wednesday, I think, after I found out, like, that Thursday. So um, we went out there, and we were actually on our way to the um, – to the surgery center on Wednesday morning. I think my surgery had to be there at like six 30 or something. So we had to leave pretty early and we're on our way and we got a call from the surgery center and, and Katie and I like looked at each other like, Oh no, this probably isn't good. Like we're, cause we had just heard that they were going to maybe cancel all like elective surgeries. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're like, Oh no. So they call and they're like, well, something came up overnight and we're going to have to reschedule. Um, but just hang on. Like we might be able to get this fixed like in the next couple hours, like just, just hang tight. Don't eat anything yet. And, um, we'll try and, uh, we'll call you back. So, um, uh, we just kind of hung out for a few hours and then they call it like, okay, surgery's not going to happen today. Um, we'll keep you updated. So I'm like, Oh man, like if this doesn't happen, like how long is it going to be until I can get surgery? You know, like mm-hmm. if it didn't happen. So then, uh, Dr. Greenbaum worked really hard and, and found a surgery center that was uh, going to be open on Friday. And, and, uh, so I got it on Friday morning, luckily. And then that was the last day of like elective surgery. So that surgery center was doing. So uh, I got pretty fortunate with that one. You know, the one thing that a lot of people don't think about is, you know, we think about your mechanic, the engine guy, the suspension guy for a rider, you have to have a therapist or a surgeon that you're pretty tight with that you know is going to be able to, A, do the job good, and then B, has the connections to make things like that happen. Yeah, for sure. That's um, very important um, for us, you know, because it's like, like, you know, sometimes you might crash or something on a, on a, what you know, whatever, Thursday, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I'm pretty like hurting pretty bad and you need to get it checked out before the race that weekend or whatever, you know, cause it's like, yeah, like most of the time we can power through a lot of injuries and, and pain and make it through. But it's like how, like how much damage is it going to do? Like, is it worth it at this point of, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's definitely important to, to get a good, good doctor that you trust and someone that has connections on, you know, different things on different specialists and, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, right now the timeline is pretty much this year is a wash, right? Like there will be, even though the nationals got pushed back to potentially the middle of June, you're not going to do anything this summer, right? Yeah, no, there, there will be no chance for me to do the nationals. Um, I know that supercross is starting back up later in the year. So, um, I guess that that could be a slight possibility. Um, we'll just have to see how the, the rehab and everything like that's going. And, and, you know, like I, you know, I wasn't trying to make excuses earlier whenever I was talking about the, some of the injuries I had in the off season, but you know, that was kind of those put me a little bit behind the eight ball and I was trying to come back from those every time, like, and get ready to go racing. And that was pretty tough. So I just want to make sure that like, I kind of slow roll my way into it and, and get to a hundred percent and get feeling comfortable before I'm trying to like really go fast or anything. Um, because it's, it's tough whenever you take that much time off to get on it and, and go as because you can go as fast as you normally like you were before you got hurt but it's just like stuff comes at you a little quicker and it's a little bit tougher so i just want to get back on the bike feel it out have some fun riding again and and get to 100 percent where whenever i 
do go racing, I'm ready to go win because this year was, even though I only raced like four races, well, I mean, everyone didn't race that many, but, you know, the four that I did do were, you know, pretty frustrating not being where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of pressure too. You know, first year at Mitch's team, you're trying to make a big impression. There's a lot going on. And if you know you're not at 100%, you're going to kind of override and overcompensate to make up for those issues. And then that even turns into more problems later on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's for sure. That's how it works. You know, it's like, you know, we have a lot of pressure on us to do good and, and, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do good too, because we all know, you know, I mean, there's, you know, five of us, six of us that could win a race any day. And, and that's the thing we can win a race any day that we line up on that gate. So we all want to win every time we line up. So it's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves that, and, and all the sponsors and everyone helping out too, you know, you don't want to let them down. So it's, uh, it's, it's tough whenever you're not a hundred percent and, and you still feel like you can win in your mind. So mm-hmm. it's tough. Um, yeah, with that, I mean, I think that maybe even a lot of people had you underrated coming into this season. A lot of the hype was on who was going to be on the East coast and, and chase being the defending champion. But I mean, you're a guy that's had the red plate before won multiple races. Was it kind of strange for you to come in completely under the radar? Um, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I felt like I was definitely a little bit under the radar, but I felt like I've been a little bit under the radar my whole career. Like even, you know, after the, the year that I won a couple of races and had the red plate going into Vegas, like I felt like I was still under the radar the next year. And then, uh, I put up a pretty good fight against Zach in the championship in 2018. And then I felt like I was under the radar in 2019 um, and then, you know, but that's just kind of, I feel like how my career has been a little bit. Um, but that's okay. I like being on the radar and, and proving people wrong. Yeah. You're a guy that has like quite a few race wins, maybe more than people realize and that you're always in the hunt, but you don't really seem to be too caught up on all that. Like you just let your ride and do the talking. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I try to stay pretty quiet, do, do my own thing. And, and I don't like, uh, a lot of people will post, you know, a lot of stuff that they're doing as far as, you know, work now and this now on, on social media. I'm a little bit more quiet on social media and just kind of post what I need to and, and stuff. And I don't know. I just like being a little bit under the radar. It's uh, a little bit more satisfying whenever you kind of get those wins and stuff, you know, like whenever I got my my first two wins back to back in 2017, you know, just no one really expected that. And that was pretty cool. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the move to Mitch's team this year was, was huge. You know, that's a massive change after so much time at TLD KTM and then, you know, Guy Kohana before that. So how did all that come about? Was Mitch interested in you? Did you get interested in him? And then I would have to think with Davalos being down at MTF, there was probably a common connection there. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I don't think that Davalos was back to MTF yet whenever we had started talking. Um, okay. He was still training at Ricky's. Um, so he didn't start until sometime during outdoors last year. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I've talked to Mitch before in the past a little bit um, and stuff just didn't work out. And uh, yeah, we, I think, I don't remember if we contacted him or he contacted us. I don't really remember, but I think that there was mutual, um, you know, want to be together there. And, uh, and we started talking and, and I wasn't a hundred percent, um, happy with how things were going, um, last year. Um, and, uh, I wanted a little bit of a change and, you know, it just seemed like 
you know, the, the best decision for me at that point in my career, or I mean, at this point in my career, just because, you know, I want to win. There's, you know, I've gotten second in the championship. I've won some races, everything like that. Like what better place to go than pro circuit to, you know, to give yourself the best chance to, to win a championship. So, um, you know, like I, I've said it many times in interviews this year, you just walk to the, into the truck and you see all the number one plates on the doors as you walk in and you know that, um, you're in the right spot to try and win. Mm -hmm. Um, what was that transition to the Cowie like? I mean, aluminum frame quite a bit different than the steel frame KTM that you had ridden for so long. Yeah. Um, I felt really comfortable on it right away. Um, like I said before, it was a little bit, it was a little bit weird for me just because of, the me getting hurt like right away like the first first week of riding it and then i didn't get a ride for another week and then um so you know it was a little bit weird just because i i hadn't rode the ktm since what the third outdoor i think Mm -hmm. so you know i had taken you know quite a few months off and then i got on the cowie and only rode it for a few days and then and then had to take another month off so the transition, like as far as like, you know, feeling more comfortable on the KTM than the Cowie whenever I got on, like I didn't like ever feel that. Like I felt pretty comfortable on the Cowie right away, mm-hmm. um, and really didn't make too many changes until we had started testing for Supercross a little bit more. What is uh, what's working with Mitch like? I mean, there's a lot of dudes on there, but does he have that pressure that everybody seems to think he does? Yeah, for sure. He's um, he. I think that the difference between him and you know kind of the other teams i've been on is that you know he hires you for like not that the other teams don't hire you to win but he hires you to win you know like that like he's not taking anything less than winning and you know he hires you to do do your job and and that is your job is to go out there and win and uh so there's definitely that pressure there um but but he's good about you know just we go down and, and talk in the truck afterwards. And, you know, there was a lot of me struggling this year. So, um, it was pretty tough a little bit sometimes. And, um, but, and he was pretty hard on me, but then we'd go back to work on, you know, on Sunday, we'd call each other and, and talk about it and, and get back to work and talk about what we needed to work on that week and stuff. So, um, it was good. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people have that same feeling of Mitch that he's understanding of when you guys go through issues, but at the same time, he, he needs you to get over it as quickly as you can. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much, you know, like I came into the season, you know, I felt like I could come in and win and then I didn't and it didn't go like, it didn't go terrible the first round, but it wasn't, it wasn't good. And then the second round just really didn't go good. And we had to just kind of like sit back and be like, okay, like we got to just make progress from here on out. Like each week we just need to get better, go back, work hard, ride, you know, get a lot of laps in, ride a lot and just keep getting better. And because, you know, like everyone could see I wasn't where I wanted to be, wasn't where I needed to be. And he realized that too. And it was like, okay, we just need to, we need to get there as quickly as possible. You know, like we know you're not there, but we just need to get there as quickly as possible. So that was like kind of the goal before I hurt my knee. Mm -hmm. All right. So with everything right now, it's all downtime for everybody. You on the injury list, everybody else waiting for races to start back up. 
what will you be doing in this meantime? You know, yeah, we know therapy, we know all the recuperation stuff, but what's fun? Like, are you strong enough to go golf yet or is it still way too unstable? Uh, no, unfortunately I asked, uh, my therapist and my doctor how long for golfing. And they said pretty much the same amount of time as for riding. Oh, so, really? That's... Yeah. So that's because it's my right. My, well, I mean really either knee, but in golf, there's a lot of pivoting on that knee and mm. that's just like not what you want to be doing with a, with a, uh, fragile ACL. So, uh, so that's a bummer, but, uh, I'll probably be fishing a lot. I like, I like to go fishing. I got a bass boat and, uh, yeah, I'd probably be hitting up the local lake and, and going out there once I can kind of, uh, bend my knee and walk on my knee good enough to, to be out there for first few hours. So, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, I guess that's probably what I'll be doing. Uh, I'm just trying to do a few things around the house too. It's like you kind of get in the middle of the season and, and training and stuff and you can't do the things that you, you need to be doing as far as, you know, picking weeds in the, in the flower bed out there and doing stuff like that, little projects around the house. So I think that's probably, that's where I'm planning on keeping my time busy, just building little stuff around the house and, and trying to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm in that same position. I'm never here more than like three or four days at a time. So I actually cut my grass for the first time. The yep. other day, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to do this now. I'm like, okay, yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no Golden tea like, video game setup downstairs. I mean, all I got to do is roll the ball actually, on that. Actually, I do have a Golden tea in my game room. I got Golden tea. I got ping pong. I got a, a basketball, like the arcade basketball game set up. So, I oh, yeah, you're dialed in. Yeah, well. dialed. yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll be all right. <laughs> See, we got the Wii Golf the other day. Like, we found yep. old Wii at my wife's parents' house. And I'm like, okay, I'll just. I'll, I'll start on this, and then by the time everything gets figured out, I'll go play real golf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so since this is a Fox feature, we got to ask a couple Fox questions. Uh, what was your favorite kit that you wore this year? My favorite kit from this year was, I believe, what race was that? Let me see which race you wore that. One second. Check. Go back to my Instagram here and see. Okay, I liked my favorite one actually wasn't in like in the race. It was actually the kit that we wore for for press day at Tampa. Oh, okay. It was like little blue, black, yellow and or like a yellowish orange and a red. Yeah. Okay. Was there one that you really had your eye on that you couldn't wait to wear? Um, yeah, I really liked, um, the, it's like the purple and like kind of neon yellowish gear. I got one set of it for practice and I was ready to wear it for a race, but, uh, we didn't get that far. Oh, okay. Okay. I like the custom painted helmet that you had at Tampa with Ithaca and Monster and Bell. That was a good one. Yeah, that was sweet. That was really cool. Um, how about, did they just send you a catalog and say, Hey, order whatever you want or little care packages like gotten sent your way over time? Yeah, kind of little, yeah, just pretty much little care packages over time, um, especially with the gear, trying to, like, a couple times send in a little bit, like, with small alterations here or there to, to make it fit me a little bit better. Um, and, yeah, it was uh, just little care packages here and there, and, and I got a pretty good inventory built up pretty quickly. <laughs> okay. What are your sizes, like jersey, glove, boot, and pants? So, uh, for the pants, um, I'm pretty sure that I'm in, like, a, uh, 32 but i have to have the waist taken down a little bit okay. just i need the length of the 32 but a little bit of a tighter waist because they'll slide down whenever i start seat bouncing in supercross um and then i don't know i think i'm a 
I believe I'm a medium jersey, maybe large. I don't even really know, to be honest with you, in large gloves. Okay. Uh, and then boot? Uh, size 11 boot. Okay, yeah, so pretty average for a guy your size. Yep. So you're practicing yeah. playing video games right now. Are you a big yeah. video game guy with the Supercross game? Um, yeah and no. I mean, whenever I'm healthy and everything's good, like I would rather be out playing golf and, you know, golfing, fishing, riding, you know, in the gym, something like that. But uh, right now I can't really do much with my knee and stuff, so I've been grinding the video games pretty hard. And uh, I saw – I'm buddies with Martin Costella – and I saw where he's been racing the Deegan things the last couple of weekends. And so I hit him up on, I think, Monday or Tuesday this week. I was like, hey, can I get in on that? And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll message him and, and get you in. So I've been – I watched the live stream from last weekend, and I realized I had a lot of work to do to try and uh, be competitive. So I've been trying to put in the work on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the gamer tag if anybody wants to play you? Uh, JSmitty62. All right, sick. On Xbox. Xbox, okay. Why Xbox yeah. over PlayStation? Was that just preference or not really sure? Uh, I don't know. I grew up playing PlayStation, and then uh, whenever it was like a PS4 or Xbox One, a lot of my buddies had Xbox One, so just went that, and now I think I just stick with the Xbox. It, I think it's just like for me, like it would just be preference on like what most of the people that like i'm gonna play with have mm -hmm. especially like for supergrass or something because call of duty now you can play like cross-platform so you don't need like you you can play against ps4 and xbox at the same time where like if we're playing matt like i play a lot of madden and so we have like a whole league on there and so you know like all my buddies get on there and if i had ps4 i wouldn't be able to do that so mm -hmm. um yeah i'm i'm i'm, a, I'm an xbox guy Okay, sick. Well, maybe we'll get you a uh, a gamer setup too. You know, one of those deals. Yeah, let's do it. Let's try. All right, dude. Well, hey, thanks for giving us the call. Um, we'll talk yep. to you soon. Take it easy down there in Georgia, and we'll uh, we'll see you at the races soon enough. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, later, bud.